The views on this program do not reflect those of ONTV or its board of directors. Welcome to OAA Now, your home for Oakland Activities Association news and information. Here's your host, Sammy Taramina. Welcome to OAA Now here. I'm Sammy Taramina, blogger of Around the OAA. I'm one of the hosts of Last Three Brain Cells and the host of Between Terminas on OAA Neighborhood Television. I'd like to welcome those watching on the local voice and also hearing and uh, watching on OAA Neighborhood Television as well. So we got a lot to look at this week on this episode of the pod. We got, of course, um, new boys basketball coach at Grand Blank. And we're going to talk that. Um, also, the recap of the New Balance Invitational and also the Algonac Invitational. Um, and the preview this weekend's upcoming league meets, Adam Oxford and West Bloomfield. Um, and also, when you look at the baseball softball report, obviously, um, who is the best teams coming in? And, of course, the postseason um, is coming up pretty soon. And and um, we're looking at previews, especially for spring sports. So a lot to look at this week here on the podcast. Um, let's look at our big, big story here. Of course, obviously, um, this week, of course, it's from it's, it's from not an OA league, but um, team, but I'm um, not um, but it does impact the OAA. Um, considering if the MHA were to um, well, also we got um some new rule changes. Obviously, we got to break that down. Obviously, so we got some we got some rule changes to um break down. I want to get people's thoughts on that. Um, I think when you look at the big story here, one of the big stories obviously is the rule changes. Um. When you really look at the um, when you look at of course the MHA they had their um, they had the um league meeting uh, the spring meeting up at Gaylor on Friday afternoon um, and some of the most noticeable changes are going to be in football. I mean, obviously when you look at the changes, they will bring in instant replay. Um, they will have coaches challenges. Um, it's very similar to that of the NFL. Um, they also did um, you know we all know what the challenges in football like if you lose a challenge. You lose a timeout. Um, yeah, I know the NHL's been doing that, especially with coaches' challenges. Um, I think, you know, it's – and then also, I think it's a good move. I really do. I mean, like, if – even though it's going to take a while, I mean, the key is to get it right. Um, you got to get things right. And I think it makes a lot of sense where, um, you know, where things are. I mean, obviously, um, you – I mean, like, it, I mean, like it, makes, it makes the most sense. Um, you know, for a coach to have coaches challenges, um, you know, basically, you know, I, you know, and to make sure that it gets to play right, you know. I mean, they do it in the state finals for football. I mean, like, um, you know, all touchdowns, scoring plays reviewed from the booth up top. Um, you know, I think that's a good thing here. And, and since we're now in the digital age, obviously, um, I think it'll help things. Um, I know Ian and I both had a lot of debate on this. Um this topic, I think it's going to make, you know, and then you look at stations like, um, you know, you have a lot of local stations in the area. You know, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. I mean, really interesting to see what happens there. Um, another change from football also is players during the offseason can wear shoulder pads um, when they're at camps. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, I see a lot of teams um, – you know, a lot of players go to camps and some players wear shoulder pads. Um, that's another um, that's another decision the MHA went along with. Um, makes a lot of sense. Um, basketball. I mean, obviously boys basketball. Um, you know, 
that the seasons are going to switch um, starting in 2023-2024. The fact that, you know, that they're going to be, it's going to be boys that are going to be going first um, and then followed by the girls. Um, I think the reason why they're doing that is because of Michigan State. Obviously, there's a potential they could host women's basketball games. I'm very curious to see how um, Susie Merchant's going to be in those next two years, especially when you look at the transfers they've just got um, coming into East Lansing, um, the players there in East Lansing. Um, so it, it, it's a possibility, but I think for Michigan State, to be honest with you, they got to really find a way to, um, you know, stop playing 500 basketball and get up that um, up that echelon. I think, you know, um, you know, and I think the MHA is taking that as a precaution, you know, considering that, you know, um, you know, the Breslin Center might not be in use, you know what I mean? So switch the seasons up early on, you know, have boys go first and the girls go later and the week after. So I, it's an interesting move. I mean, like, I'm not a fan of it, but, you know, it is what it is. So obviously that's something to really keep an eye on. Um, but it's not going to happen next season. It's going to happen in um, 2023 and 2024. Um it's going to be really interesting to see what happens um, <coughs> um, in that department. I mean, I know there's coaches have been really excited about it, and there's also been um, coaches that have been just, um, you know, that have um, are not that excited about it. So that's something to really, really watch is those um, is in that one in basketball. That's something to really, really watch. Um, baseball and softball, they're going to have two separate selection committees, um, to determine where the district and region rounds will be played. Um, <clears throat> I guess the committee's going to decide where that they're going to be, um, which it's interesting. I think that's very interesting. The fact that they have separate committees. I know they used to have one committee that decided it, but <clears throat> the fact that they have two separate committees, um, makes it I think it's more interesting because you know you look at the committees there and I think it's going to be um something to really keep an eye on um and then um in hockey um this is what I don't get is they're going to use the NPR um I don't know how successful you know the NPR I know according to MHA has been very successful in seeding teams um I just don't understand the NPR system in basketball, because if you're going to use that system, why you need to see the entire district, not the top two. This is where I don't understand in hockey. They seed everybody in soccer. They seed everybody. I mean, you really look at the NPR um, I kind of wish the MHA would seed everybody. And, and, and what they're going to do in hockey is they're going to seed the entire region. Makes sense. I wish they do it in basketball because I'll tell you what right now. I mean, like, you know, they got to get rid of the ABCD thing. They got to get rid of it. If they don't, something's wrong. I mean, you really look at... You really look at, of course, the NPR. The NPR does work. It it does work. But I just think with the NPR, you know, you, it, especially in a sport like basketball, you know, you have to use the seeds. Seed everybody. 
don't see the top two teams. But Mark Yo, and I watch his podcast, you know what? That's something I would tell him. I would tell him that. I would tell those in the representative council. That's something I would tell him. You see it, everybody. It makes a lot of sense. You just don't do this A, B, C, D thing. Don't do it. So if you're, if you're Mark Yoni, watch the podcast, um, my recommendations to you is, you know, is if, you, if you're going to do the NPR, then do, then seed everyone. I mean, you look at soccer, you seed everyone. Hockey, you're going to be seeing everyone. And, you know, lacrosse, you seed everyone. I mean, in boys lacrosse, I mean, like, so it makes sense. But I just wish in basketball they succeed everyone. So that's my rant for the week there. That's my rant for the week. Um other no other other sports, um, in golf, the number of strokes are going down from twelve to ten. Um and they will allow two coaches to be present during postseason competition. Um and then soccer, the two top seeds, if you know, if they're not playing at the pre range host site, they can host games. I mean, you think about it, you know, if you're like a top seed, um, like a number one seed in your district, um, you know, and, and the game is not playing at the prearranged site, it makes sense, you know, you can play it at a um you play it at a um at your home field, you know, it would make a lot of sense. Um, if you have one of the two seeds, you know, you can sure you can play it. But if the prearranged site, you know, it's gonna say, um, you know, is going to do the whole tournament, that's fine, too. I have absolutely no problem with that. Um, so that makes sense. Um, middle school track and field. Um, they could conduct regionals. This one's interesting. I coach at a middle school. Um, and, you know, we've never had a regional format where, you know, I think this is a very interesting decision because now... You got, obviously, we got the Oakland County meet, you know, and that's a big deal. I mean, the Oakland County meet, of course, is the biggest middle school county meet in the world. Um, I think this is very interesting because could you just imagine you have, you have three middle schools in Lake Orion, Scripps, Walden, Oakview. You have Oxford Middle. You have Clarkson Junior High, Sashabaugh Middle. Um, you have Zem, you have, um, you have, um, you have Muir, you have Mason, you have um, Pierce, you have, you know, in the Pontiac, you have, you know, Avenue Middle School. I mean, like, you have, and then, of course, you have, I think it's very interesting because if you really look at it, um, to have a regional format, to have a regional, I think it's very interesting. It gives the kids another meet. Um, now, I'm not, there's a lot of logistics that have to be involved in this, obviously, because, you know, what are the qualifications? Um, what are the places? I mean, like, you know what I mean? Coming in, can you take, you know what I mean? Like, you know, for me, I'm a fan of taking everybody to a meet. I think it would be, it would make a lot of sense. I mean, like, but also you got to also look for, okay, who, what schools are going to host the regionals? What, what teams are going to host it? That's the big question I have. So, a lot of logistics have to come into play when it comes to hosting a regional for middle school track. Um, so that's something to really, really keep an eye on is, 
the logistical standpoint of it. Um, what are the qualifications? What are the um, you know? And I think that's something to really, really watch and and find out what teams are going to be in there and what teams are going to be um are um and what teams are going to be um competing in that. So really interesting um that um the um representative council went with that decision um and um and then they also made some changes for the quarter rule. I mean that was addressed um. They said that they did approve the soccer committee's recommendation to allow athletes to play no more than three halves on a day not followed by not followed by a school day. Um, they also approved a rule that violators of the fifth quarter rule must forfeit the game and that the head coach would have to sit out a game. Also, the fifth quarter rule would apply to middle school basketball as well. So when you really look at this um, with the fifth quarter, um, the five-quarter rule. I mean, I've seen teams, you know, use this rule, have followed it to a T. And I've seen others that haven't. So, when I look at this rule, I think it makes the most sense, you know, if somebody violates this rule, you know, they forfeit the game, and then they give, um, and then they, um, and they would, um, and then the coach would have to sit out again, you know, it kind of reminds me of when somebody gets ejected. You know, when a player gets ejected, um, they have to sit out a game. Um, when a coach gets ejected, they have to sit out a game. So, it makes sense. I mean, it makes sense um, to do this. So, you know, so, um, and they also approved the fifth quarter rule in middle school. So, now, I don't know how that's going to apply if, let's say, a if there's a 7th grader who's playing 8th grade basketball could play a, an extra quarter in 7th grade. I mean, I don't know how that's going to work. I really don't. Um, but, you know, but that's logistics. You know, that's logistics. So that's something to really, really keep an eye on is... You know, I'm very curious to see some of these rules have been really odd, you know, really, really interesting. I mean, I know in football, I know we've talked about instant replay. Um, at least, you know, they're show they're going to, uh, I think with today's technology, um, the only downside to this is there's certain schools that don't have access to replays. Um, you know, obviously when you look at, um, I think the success of Valley Sports.net is Valley Sports has been successful. Um, I know the NFHS network has been really successful. Um, obviously you look at you know, you look at local um local schools schools broadcasting. I mean like, you know, WDBC in Lake Orion, ONTV in Lake Orion, OCTV in Oxford, Independence in Clarkston. Um, you know, so I see the pros and cons of this. Um you know, obviously, forgot to mention CMN, CMN TV, you know, down in Berkeley. Um, so there's a lot of pros and cons to all this. <laughs> there's a lot of pros and cons um, to having replay. And, you know, I'm not sure how that's going to go. If there's like an official's boot, you know, if it's going to challenge a call or something, or I'm not sure how that's going to work, especially in football games, especially with freshman and JV games. <laughs> where they don't really get, you know, 
I mean, they do get a lot of attention, but, you know, but I'm curious to see how, um, I'm curious to see how this replay system will work in football. Really am. Um, so that's something to really, really watch. Um, when I look at the new rules, I think the one in football really is the big one out of this whole thing. Obviously with hockey going to an NPR, um, ranking system, um, but I just think, you know, when you look at basketball, um, you know, switching seasons, going from boys starting first um, for two years, I think that's something to really watch for. Um, I'm very curious to see how, um, really curious to see how um, that, um, you know, how basketball is going to be, especially for two years, knowing that the boys are going to start first, um, then the girls. Um, they just had several changes, obviously, adding games, um, adding from 20 to 22, and then, of course, losing a week of practice. Um, so I'm really curious to see how, you know, this change is going to be. Now, it's not going to affect the next year. It's going to affect it in two years. So that's something to really, really watch. So that's something to really keep an eye on. So my takes on this really... Um, not really, um, I know other sports, um, I know bowling had some changes as well. Um, I mean, like I do, I did post it on the blog at saginawbay4650.blogspot.com. Um, I also have the MHA website on it as well. So if you want to look at that, um, you know, on the blog, um, I did post the MHA, um, update from the representative council. Um, they did send out a statement on this, so. You know, so I'm very curious to see what happens going forward. Um, curious to see how these new rule changes are going to are gonna work. I mean, like, I think it's going to be interesting. It really does. I really think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Um, let's go now from the rule changes. Um, let's go to Grand Blank. Um, now, Grand Blank, not a member of the OAA, but it does have some importance, obviously, when it comes to... Um, Certain teams that play them in districts. Like this year, Oxford played them um, in districts. I mean, like, they do play some OA teams. Um, now, Graham Blank named a new boys basketball coach. Um, they, their old coach, their former coach, Mike Thomas, um, left Graham Blank after the state finals, um, in Division I state final, um, to go to East Kentwood. So Graham Blank named... Um, Tory Jackson, the new head coach. Um, obviously, the pedigree, very important. Um, he used to play at Saginaw Buena Vesta, played at Notre Dame under Mike Bray. Um, you know, he was one of 19 candidates that was in the, um, you know, in the original field, you know, and, you know, and they look at, and they were just impressed with um, what he's done. I mean, like, you look at, obviously, what he's done. I mean, he's, let he led Buena Vesta to two state championships, um, averaged twenty four point nine points a game, um, fifth leading scorer in MHA history. Um, he coached one year at Buena Vesta, um, before the school closed, and then he took over at Bay City John Glenn for three years. Um, he was twenty one and forty coaching at at Bay City John Glenn, and then he was originally named the head coach at Saginaw Heritage, uh, but had to step down. After a complaint was submitted to the MHA about um about um him making it making illegal contact with a player, so you know so that 
you know, so that's, um, you know, I'm curious to see how this is going to go. Um, but he inherits the program. Obviously, he won a state title. Um, I'm looking at this hire, and I'm saying to myself, okay, everybody's happy. Everybody's excited. I know everybody in the, um, in mid-Michigan, in the mid-Michigan markets. I know, um, ABC 12, WNAM TV 5, um, um, NBC 25, um, I mean, like, are all, all very excited about this hire, you know, to bring in a local product, um, in Jackson, obviously people talk about the Flint Saginaw, the Saginaw to Flint pipeline. Um, you know, obviously, you know, um, when you look at, and then you look at Jackson going to Grand Blank, obviously Grand Blank, um, has a lot more talent. Um, I mean, you look at, you look at Thomas's, um, credentials and all that. It's impressive. It really is. But I got some questions. I'm cu- I got some questions. I'm curious. You know, I'm very curious to see how he's going to do at, um, at Grand Blank because, you know, you look at his record at Bay City John Glenn, he was 21-40. Now to his defense, um, Grand Blank's got a lot more talent. I mean, they got a lot more talent there. And that's a lot. Um, and then, and then of course, um, you know, you look at the, um, that allegation, you know, at, at prior to when he was getting ready to coach Saginaw Heritage, um, you know, that was a little, that got me a little, little bit, um, concerned a little bit. That got me a little concerned. Um, and then, um, so when you really look at it, um, those are, I'm curious to see how he's going to do there. I'm curious, you know, and the big one I'm really concerned with is how will Jackson, I'm not worried about Jackson in the short term. I'm really not worried about him in the short term because he's got a lot of talent there. You got to look at long term. You got to look at the long term because when you look at program strength, you know, a grand blank. Obviously, being one of the biggest schools in the entire state of Michigan. Um, people ask me about why Thomas left Grand Blank to go to East Kentwood. I mean, I know he was very upset with the community that they didn't go to the Breslin Center, you know, for to cheer them on in the game against Warren D. LaSalle in the state finals. Um, I think, you know, there's a... There's a dangerous component to open enrollment. There really is. Because you look at, obviously, when you look at open enrollment, you look at what Grand Blank's run in the, in football. You know, the state semifinals. You had some kids from Grand Blank that were on the roster. When I look at the roster from boys basketball from a year ago, I don't know how many of those kids were from Grand Blank. I know the majority of those kids from Flint. Um... And then obviously RJ Taylor, you know, Midland kid, you know, so curious to see how um curious to see how he does with with the um with program strength, considering that Thomas did a really good job with program strength at Grand Blank. Um he did he's done a really good job with building that. Now I'm curious to see how Jackson's gonna do with program strength. Because if he, because there is a possibility, it, I'm more worried about Jackson long term 
then I'm worried about him in the short term. I think in the short term, he's going to be fine. I think in the short term, he's going to be fine because obviously we turn RJ Taylor, you got others coming back there. Um, I think, you know, but there's going to have to be a transition period. And that transition period has to happen during the season. And I am very curious to see how Grand Blank plays their schedule because you know there's going to be a lot of a lot of people that want to play them considering obviously you have a Mr. Basketball candidate. You also have a coach in, in Tory Jackson. We know what this pedigree. So when you really look at it, um, I think Grand Blank's going to get a lot of showcase games. Um, but I'm more concerned about what Grand Blank is program strengths. That is the big concern I have. Because sometimes when you look at programs, you just can't focus on just the varsity. You have to build your freshman and JV. That is obvious. You got to look at your middle school programs. You got to, that's the key. If you want to be a successful program, you have to focus on everything in the program. You look at, you look at the success, the successes at Oxford. You look at the successes at Lake Orion, Clarkston. You look at all three Rochester schools. I mean, like Birmingham school. I mean, Seahome. I mean, like you look at the success of the program. You know, it. You gotta have a strong feeding program. You can't just rely on. You can't just rely on. Um, you know, on um transfers and and um you know, open enrollment. You can't rely on that. I mean, like, you got to have a successful feeder system. That's how I look at it. So, I'm curious to see how Jackson views program strengths. Because that's the question I have with Grand Blank. Is because, is because, you know, I know they're an open enrolled school. But, you have to rely on, you have to build that program strength. You have a good middle school. You have a good middle school program there. You have, so I'm curious to see how Grand Blank handles this. Because Thomas did a really good job with the, with the freshman, with the JV program. I've seen it. I think he's going to do good things at East Kentwood. I, I mean, like, all he's got to do is build the program. I know East Kentwood had some struggles. But I think with Thomas there, um, he's going to build that program at East Kentwood. He's going to build that program. They got athletes. Um, so I think he's going to do a good job. Now, I think Jackson's going to do a good job at Grand Blank. But I've just got some, I'm curious. I've got some questions. You know, to see where, um, I know everybody is excited. Everybody's excited, but I'm just curious about how he's going to build a program there. I'm curious to see how, you know, the kids are going to respond to Jackson. I'm curious to see how things are going to be because I am a very much, you got, if you want to, I'm, I'm not worried about his team short term. I'm just concerned about his team long term because if, 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 if they don't build that team up in the long term, this team's going to have problems. I mean, and you look at teams that are built now, built for the now and for the future. You look at, obviously, there are several programs that are built. And you look at teams in your way, obviously. 
I mean, there are several teams that are built for now and for the future. I mean, so I'm curious to see how that goes. Um, obviously, you know, when you look at the OAA, when you look at coaching vacancies right now, you got Bloomfield Hills, you got Stony Creek, um, Groves and Southfield hearts and tech. Those are the four vacancies to keep an eye on. Um, curious to see where each, each school goes with their coaching search. Really curious to see. Um, but when you look at Grand Blanks hire, people say this is a home run hire. You know, I'm curious. I'm, I'm just really, really curious to see how, you know, this, um, you know, how Grand Blank does. I think short term, they're fine. But long term, big question. So that's my take on Grand Blank um, in their coaching card. That's my take. Um, let's go now from basketball. Um, I want to recap track and field. Um, we got two meets to recap. Obviously, we have the um, New Balance Invitational. Um, we got to recap that. Um, and then we have the um, Algonac Invitational. We're going to also recap that. So, the, um, the, um, the New Balance Invitational, that was at Farmington. Um, that was won by Detroit University Detroit Jesuit. They had 74 points. Ann Arbor Huron was second with 41. Lake Orion was the best OAA team. With 40 points. Novi was fourth with 35.5. And a tie for fifth between Ann Arbor Pioneer and Farmington with 32 points each. So when we really look at it, you know, if you're if you're Lake Oregon, this is you're in a good spot. Because obviously when you look at the Dragons, um, obviously your relays are really good. I mean, Stephen Brown, Joey Deed, um, your distance is really good. Um you know, you got, Lake Orion's got a lot. They got a lot. They're loaded. I mean, like, obviously, you got Nick Eaton throws. Um, they got the jumps covered as well. I mean, like, this team's loaded. I mean, there's no doubt. And then you had pole vault in the thick of it. Of course, you have a very good pole vaulter in Ian McCullum. I mean, that says a lot to where this team is at. Lake Orion's a very good team this year. Really good team. And, you know, when you look at the Dragons, especially what they did against Adams um, in a heck of a meet in that one. That was that meet was a classic. Uh, between two teams with depth, two teams that are balanced. Um, and it was a classic between those two teams. Um, and then you look at, you know, and then, I, I mean, the Farmington, obviously, with the throwing program, I mean, like, I think Farmington's thrower, I mean, like, um, Farmington got a really good thrower. Um, you know, and I think that's a, you know, and then we look at other OA teams that did well. West Bloomfield took ninth with 25.5. Um, and when you look at the Lakers, you know, they could be a player in the league. They could be a big-time player. I think Farmington could be a big-time player. We're going to preview the league shortly, but West Bloomfield had a nice day. Um, so that's something to really, really watch. Um, you know, other scores, obviously, um, you look at, um, Levone, I mean, at, in, around the OA, Bloomfield Hills took 12th, with, tied with 12th with 21 points. Um, Royal Oak was 20th with 13 points, tied with Romeo. Troy was 23rd with 10. Adams 
sent a team there um, with 10 points with 24th. Um, Clarkston had a team there with four points. Rochester took um, 33rd with four points. We gave Mendoza, um, took in, taking fifth. Um, and then Groves took um, tied for 35th with two points. And Stony Creek was tied for for two points. Now, some of these teams sent sent representatives also to Algonac. I mean, like Stony Creek and Adams also were over at Algonac as well. So so that was really something that we're going to recap that one shortly. But um, obviously on the boys' side of things, um, you look at um, on the boys' side, good day for, um, it was a good day for, um, I mean, like it was a good day for like Orion um, taking a third place finish um, over at the New Balance. Um, on the girls' side, I mean, Detroit Renaissance won that with 109. Um, Ann Arbor Huron was second with 69. Maloney Churchill was third with 49. Um, Farmington was fourth with 39, too. Um, Salem was, Plymouth Salem was fifth with 31. Um, Romeo was sixth with 25.2. Macomb, Dakota was seventh with 25. Groves was eighth with 22. Rochester at 20. No, Groves at 24. Rochester at 22. And Troy rounded out the top 10 with 21 points. So, Interesting day for the OA. I mean, obviously Farmington was the best team there with 39.2. Um, Groves, 8 with 24. Rochester, 22. Troy with 21. Lake Orion was 11th with 20 points. <laughs> um, Bloopia Hills, I mean, with 17 points. I mean, like, I was, I've been really, really head-scratching Bloopia Hills. I mean, um, you know, I had a lot of expectations for Bloopia Hills coming in the year. I mean, like, you know... Um, they've been a hard, they've been a hard team to figure out, especially in invitationals. I mean, they're a good dual meet team, but when they get into league, when they get into um invitationals, I'm going like, wait a minute here. So that makes me very curious to see what ha how they do at the league meet coming up. So I'm very curious to see what happens there. Um, other results. I mean, West Bloomfield was tied for 18th with 16. Royal Oak 20th tied. For 28 with 15 points with Davison. Um, Stony Creek was 25th with 8 points. Um, and that was the OA's, OA standing um, at the New Balance Invitational. Um, let's go from, um, obviously, um, we had the New Balance Invitational. That took place um, um, as well. But we also had the Algonac Invitational as well. I mean, the Algonac... Um, Muscat Classic, we recap that. Um, that was a very interesting. Um, <coughs> that was a really interesting um, result. I mean, obviously, um, Oxford won the girls. Um, and then um, Adams won the boys. Um, so, really, when you look at it here, I mean, like, um, Oxford, we know, is very good, especially in the field events. Um, so... I'm curious to see how um how um you know Adams played very well in that. I mean like um Ox I mean and Oxford's girls, they played really well in that as well. So, you know, really curious to see and also Stony Creek had a nice day as well. So when you really look at at those at the um those results, obviously um, you know, Adams for sure. I mean like I mean like um so I'm curious to see what happens um going forward there. Um, we're gonna preview the um 
league meets coming up. I think the league meets over at um, we got the OA Red White Championships that's taking place at Oxford, um, and then you had the Blue Gold that'll be taking place on Thursday over at um, at um West Bluefield. That'll be a fork at a three thirty meet. Um, obviously when you look at the teams that are going to be there, um, you know when you look at West Bluefield, um, good place to host a track meet. Um, you know, field events start at 3.30, running events begin at 4 o'clock. Um, when I'm simulating the meet, obviously, um, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes here. I mean, like, obviously, when you look at the favorite in the boys' side, the boys could be a real interesting one because I think it could come down to Farmington and Seaholm. I, I, I think Seaholm, Seaholm's got the distance. West Bloomfield, we know, has got the sprints. Um, Berkeley's a potential wild card, um, but Royal Oak's a team to really watch. I mean, like obviously, when you look at this in this this meet, I think I really think you know if it comes down to a distance game, I have to give an edge to Royal Oak because of their distance. Now, Seahome could counter. Um. Berkeley could counter, but Royal Oak's got a good chance here to do some damage. Um, and then on the, I mean, Farmington's got the sprints and the throws. I mean, like Seaholm, they're a wild card team to watch. But I really think in the boys' side of things, if things work out here to what I think it's going to be, it could come down to a race between Farmington and Royal Oak. I just think that when you look at the two teams right now, the best team in the blue, in my opinion, is Farmington. Um, the best team in the gold in boys is Royal Oak. So when you really look at it, you know, everybody says, well, what's going on with Oak Park? I mean, like Oak Park, you know, they've been, this has not been a vintage Oak Park team that's been in the past. But when you look at, obviously, when you look at how the meet's going to go, um, if you're simulating it in your mind, um, I think it's going to come down to, it's gonna come down. I think it's gonna come down to Farmington, Royal Oak, Seaholm's the wild card. Because of Royal Oak in the distance is really good. And then you look at on the other side, you have Farmington. They got balance. I mean, and they had a really good showing at the new balance invitational. So I think Farmington's got a good chance here, you know, to win, but watch out for Royal Oak. The Ravens are a team. To really, really watch in this meet. Because they got the distance. But the question is going to be for Royal Oak is do they have the sprints? And do they have the is do they have the sprints? And do they have the field events? That's the big question I see with Royal Oak um, on the boys' side. Um, on the girls' side, um, obviously Oak Park has to be the favorite because of their experience, um, but when you look at a meet like this, they don't really have the, um, you know, they don't have that depth, you know, and I know in, in meets like this depth, you know, in meets like this depth, you know what I mean, it matters, depth matters, and obviously when you look at the, um, when you look at obviously Oak Park, I mean, like, you know, I think the wild card in this is Royal Oak. Because Royal Oak, let's not forget, they gave Oak Park everything they could handle. Um, Seahome, we know they're a distance power. We know they can handle that. So, 
And we know Farmington. Farmington's another one. So when you really look at it here, Oak Park, yes, they're going to be the favorite. But there's challengers in this region. There's challengers in this. So when I look at this meet, you know, for sure, I think it's going to come down to is can, you know, can Oak Park, you know, they have enough depth to score big points. They've got to win the relays. They got to win the hurdle events. They do that, I think they're in good shape. If they don't, and they and they get some trouble in the distance, I think Kyrie King's huge in this meet. Because she's a distance runner. If King plays well, Oak Park wins. If she struggles, then Royal Oak, I think Royal Oak's got a chance. I think Seaholm's got a chance. Farmington's got more than a chance. So when you really look at it, Oak Park, you know, they're the team to beat in this league meet. They're the team to beat. Um, so we'll see what happens over there at West Bloomfield on Thursday afternoon. I mean, it's going to be a real interesting atmosphere over there at West Bloomfield. Um, and then let's go to the red-white meet over Adam Oxford. Um, this one's interesting. On the boys' side, I think Lake Orion's the favorite. Because when you look at what the Dragons have done, they... They've proven they can beat Adams. They've already beat Adams. Um, I think there's a lot more pressure on Adams to win this meet. Because Lake Orion, we know they're deep. We know Adams is deep. I mean, so I'm curious to see how Coach Eric Lohr adjusts, handles this. I mean, when you look at, obviously, you look at a team like Bloopy Hill, Stony Creek, um, they could take some points away. Oxford's another one that could take some points away. Um, so I'm curious to see how the adjustments, the chess match between Coach Stan Ford and Eric Lohr is going to be. I'm curious to see how that's going to look. Um, but when I look at the boys' side, Lake Orion has to be the favorite. I mean, they've proven it. You know, they got the sprints. They got the distance. They got the field events. Um, so when I really look at it here, I think Lake Orion's in prime possession to take home the um to take home the um red white title. I'm very curious to see what happens there. Um, on the girls' side, Oxford's got to be the favorite here because of what they have done all season long. The Wildcats they have the depth in the throws. That is the big. That's a big deal. That is a huge deal. Um, so remember to look at Oxford. Um, I they got enough. They got the depth. I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna score big in this meet. I really do. So I'm really curious to see how. I'm really curious to see how Oxford does in this meet. Um, I think Lake Orion could be a wild card here. They've been playing better. Bloomfield Hills, you know, this is Bloomfield Hills has been. I've been. It's hard to figure this team out all year long, because. I've had a lot of expectation for Bloomfield Hills. I thought they'd make the next step. But they they've really had some struggles, especially in invitationals. And this is an invitational like format. So I'm curious to see how Bloomfield Hills does in this meet. And another team I'm watching is Troy. Troy's a team I think could do well in this meet. Because of their distance. 
Troy's got a very good team. And I also forgot to mention the boys. Troy's a wild card in the boys' side. They are. I think because you look at players like Derek, and I think you look at players like Darius Whiteside, I think he's he's a huge player for them. He's a huge player for them in this meet. You know, so I'm curious to see how Troy does in this meet. And I also think on the girls' side, they're going to do well as, as well. So when I look at Troy, I think the Colts have a good chance here to make some noise and do pretty well. So that's my thoughts on Troy. Um, and then the girls' side, obviously, you got, I, I mean, like, you got, I, I mean, like, and then you have Adams as another wild card. I mean, Adams, we know that they've been, they've been pretty good. They've been solid. So I'm curious to see how this meet's going to go, especially next week with regionals looming. And a lot of these teams are either going to be at, we know Pontiac's going to be at Williamson. We know, um, we know a lot of these teams are. We know a lot of teams are going to be. Um, we know we got both Troy schools going to be at Macomb, Dakota. Um, a lot of schools going to be at Lapeer, and Farmington's hosting regional. And I think, um, I think the other regional we're going to be focused on. I think that one's at. Um, I think that's at Birmingham. No, it's at Madisonites Lampier. So when you really look at it, um. It's going to be really interesting, especially how the 24, the 24 schools, uh, all 24 schools are going to do. So very curious to see how, um, how the region, how the um, regional is going to look next week. We're going to preview that. I will send a copy of my regional um, projections, what I'm watching on the blog at Saginaw Bay 4650 at blogspot.com sometime this weekend. I mean, I've, I mean, I've got everything all written out. The previews for the postseason um, for all spring sports. They're all written out. Now, it's got to be updated, obviously, matchups, um, particularly in girls' soccer, because they released their matchups this weekend. So I'm curious to see how the matchups are going to look based on the MPR. So, and then I think lacrosse releases theirs their matchups this weekend. So I'm very curious to see how how the matchups are going to look. And I'm curious to see how that's going to look. So that's going to be something to really keep an eye on, especially when you look at the track regionals coming up. Um, so I'm very curious to see what happens there. Really, really curious to see what happens there. Um, let's go now to other sports, obviously, from track and field. We got baseball. Um, when I look at baseball, what's Bloomer's thoughts when I start? 19 and 6 right now overall. Um, could they be a wild card? Maybe. I really like how they've been playing lately. Um, I think West Bloomfield's a um they're a sleeper in that district. I think they're in a district with Orchard Lake St. Mary's, though, which that makes it really difficult. But they could give them a game. They could. Um when I look at baseball, I still think the best team in baseball is Lake Orion because when you look at the Dragons, they're state ranked right now. They're playing really well. They got a lot of confidence. <laughs> um, you know the Dragons. You know they had a really tough series in Northville this weekend. Um, I think when you look at baseball right now, um, Clarkson's a solid team. 
Um, Adams, we know, is a solid team. Um, so I'm curious to see, but when I look at baseball right now, I still think out of everybody in the league right now, in the entire 24 school league, the best team in there is Lake Orion because of what they have. They have a CMU commit. Um, they've been rolling right now. Um, I mean, they're, they're, they're playing, they're peaking at the right time, which is really good, especially in the postseason. Um, that is a good sign for them going forward. Um, softball is kind of a mess when you look at softball. Um, obviously when you look at, um, you know, when you look at it here, there were a lot of teams ranked in the top. Um, there not, there's no OA teams that are ranked in the top um, 15. Um, obviously when you look at some teams there, you got to watch. Um, we talked Clarkston. I've talked Farmington on this podcast. Um, Stony Creek's another one. But when you look at a team like Lake Orion, who I think could, is, I think is in a really interesting spot. I mean, they just won the Petoskey Invitational. Um, so I'm curious to see when you look at the Dragons, where they stand. Um, you know, Oxford's another team that's solid. Um, I mean, like, you look at, obviously, um, so when I really look at baseball, and then and and you look at North Farmington, you know, North Farmington, they had a good performance this weekend as well. So when you look at, obviously, if there's a team that could, from the OA, that could really make some noise, um, I think, I think if there's a team that could make some noise, I think it might be crazy here, but Farmington's got a good chance. Now, you're going to say, well, why Farmington? Because they have experience. Experience matters. Now, when you look at, of course, they're going to, other people are going to say, well, Farmington has mercies in that district. I will tell you why I think Farmington has got a great chance to knock off the Marlins. I mean, I am not sold on Farmington's mercy. I am not. So, when I look at, when I look at Farmington, I, I just think Farmington's got, they got they got the experience now. I think they're gonna give I think they're gonna give a mercy problems. I really do. Um, so that's my take on there. Um, when I watch North Farmington, do I think they can win that district? Sure. North Farmington can win their district. Bloopia Hills is in that district. Bloopia Hills has had a really nice year. Um, but I think, you know, the Raiders, they got a good shot to win that district. I mean, they got a lot of good players on that team. A lot of them play girls basketball. I mean, Hannah Hart's one of them. Um, I know they got another Simpson. They got they got the younger Simpson on that team. I mean, they've got they're solid, really, really solid. I mean, and that's the beauty of multi-sport athletes. That is the beauty of it. So I think Farmington, North Farmington's got a good shot um, to win their district. So when I look at <laughs> obviously. In softball, there's really no clear-cut number one team right now in softball. There really isn't. So that's something to really watch going forward. People say, is it Clarkston? Is it Stony Creek? Is it Lake Orion? Is it North Farmington? Farmington? We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> um, Boys Lacrosse has been really interesting lately. Um... Clarkston, I think they got a great chance. Um, I really think the Wolves got a really good chance to make some noise. 
in the regional. I really like where they're. Re- I really like the regional at Troy Athens, Lake Orion. I'm really concerned about when you look at the Dragons. Um, they haven't been playing really well. Um, despite playing a tough schedule, I know a lot of that. Andrew Parker's been out. Um, to their defense. So when you look at Lake Orion, when he comes back, I think Lake Orion will be fine. Um, Stony Creek's had a really nice year. Um, Adams is a wild card. I really think the Highlanders could be a team to really watch. Um, other than that, I just don't know if anybody else could, um, in the OA could do very well. But besides Clarkston and maybe Lake Orion, but Lake Orion, that regional at Romeo is going to be really interesting, especially when you have Stony Creek, who I think has been playing really good lacrosse lately. Um, Adams, we know. Adams gave Lake Orion everything it could handle. Um, Lake Orion has not been – they've been struggling, and that's something that's really got to change for Coach Ron Hurt real quick if the Dragons want to make that next step. Um, girls lacrosse. Um, Bloomfield Hills. Lake Orion, Birmingham United. Um, obviously, those are the three top teams in girls across right now. Um, I think when you look at, obviously, the regional that Lake Orion's in, you got to deal with Heartland, likely. Um, you got Midland in there as well. Midland just had a nice win against Birmingham Marion. Um, I think when you look at that, when you look at that regional, Lake Orion's a team to really watch for. I think the Dragons could be a very dangerous team. I mean, Megan Hershey's has done a really nice job in her first year there. Um, and then when you look at Birmingham, when you got Bloomfield Hills, obviously you're going to have to go through Birmingham. I mean, you know, Birmingham United, we know is very good. We know they're very good. Um, that regional over at, you know, that regional where the three Rochester schools are at is brutal. You got... Birmingham, Marion in there, Cranbrook, Kingswood, Birmingham, Detroit Country Days in there, plus three Rochester schools. That is what I call the kiss of death dish regional in girls lacrosse. That is absolutely brutal. That's something to really watch for. Um, really on the watch for. Um, and then let's go to girls soccer. Um, Rochester's been rolling. Knocked off Troy Athens in a really good win for them. Troy Athens has been struggling a little bit, so I'm very curious to see what happens with them. Um, that district will be very interesting. That kiss at that district over at um, Romeo, where you have the three Rochesters, Romeo, um, are all state ranked. So that's something to really watch for. Um, and then you look at um, other districts, I mean, like, I mean, the um, the one at Lake Orion's interesting because they got Grand Blank. Let's not forget Lake Orion beat him last year. Clarkson just beat Lake Orion. Um, Oxford's Oxford. Um, we know what they're gonna. We know what to expect with them. So, I'm curious to see what, how that goes. Um, really curious. A lot of these, a lot of these um, regionals, these districts. Um, I will post everything up. Um. Um, this weekend, obviously, so you want to take a look at the blog at saginawbay 4650 at com for the latest information on, um, on the, um, blogs. Um, also, we're going to keep an eye on the, um, boys basketball coaching situations over at, um, Bloopia Hills, Stony Creek Groves, and, um, Southfield Arts and Tech. Um, of course, um, those are, um, I'm curious to see what direction those four schools will go. 
with their coaching churches. Um, also keeping an eye on a lot of a lot of things going on, of course, going around the MHA. Of course, we're getting really close to the postseason, and it's an exciting time for spring sports, you know, with the postseason looming and everything. So, a lot to be excited for heading into the year. Okay, now everybody, I'm going to sign off here. Uh, make sure you follow the blog at SaginawBay4650 at blogspot.com for the latest information. Um, we'll see what happens going forward. Jamie Timmy here. I'm going to sign off. Take care. God bless. And see you all next, next week, everybody. See you next week. God bless.